Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor.fm. Lost Talk Radio. Towns' mom, uh, 
who was in a medically induced coma due to the coronavirus. Uh, Carl put a video out on Instagram, and uh, you see how emotional he was, as would any sane person when you're talking about your mother. Uh, You can definitely feel for him that hits closer to home for us as Kentucky fans to see him dealing with that. There's been some other celebrities over these past couple of weeks that have, that have come into contact with it as well, kind of re-emphasizing it and emphasizing it for the first time, the seriousness of it, to those who maybe have been kind of cavalier about it. But definitely hope she's able to, to pull through. Uh, he's not been able to talk to her and uh, just getting updates on how she is right now. So everybody definitely – Hearts went out for Carl Towns when they saw that. Uh, absolutely. I saw that late last night. And, uh, you know, this is serious stuff. You know, people uh, aren't taking it as serious as they probably should. And you see some of our elected officials kind of on both sides imploring people to please take it serious. And, and hopefully, you know, some good can come out of that. Out of out of Carl Towns and his situation, because you know he definitely was. A, there is a fan favorite here uh, in the Commonwealth for being part of the thirty-eight and one team. But take it serious. You you don't have to have an underlying medical condition. I, I personally, and I'm not trying to get political here. I think part of the messaging uh, on that uh, that it was just going to be quote unquote the old and the amino. Uh, compromise. I think that that kind of opened things up a little bit, and 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 people just started uh, not taking it quite as serious. So we've seen since the wave has hit the U.S., not just quote unquote the old or the infirmed. It's it's everybody that's hitting. So definitely, whatever your local leadership is saying, please abide by that social distancing, stay inside. I know it's tough. Folks are losing jobs. I, I, look, it's, it's, it's rough out there for everybody, but we have to band together to, to kick this thing. So that's, that's my two cents on, on the Rona, as they say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, most everything is closed down or those who are still having to get out. It's whatever is considered essential. Everybody is, is trying their best to social distance and, and do all the precautions as they're out and about till they get back home and you're washing your clothes as soon as you get home and you know, things of that nature. Um, is And, you know, you see other parts of the world that are still probably a little bit ahead of us on the curve of how this, this thing has gone, and, and these aren't developing lands, Italy and Spain, and the havoc that's been wreaked over there. So, uh, like you said, you got to ramp up being as cautious and trying to stem the tide as best as possible. So no need to do all that senseless stuff that we're still seeing and still seeing individuals or businesses get called out on a daily basis because of hard-headedness and negligence uh, as, as at this point. <laughs> you know, the message should have, have kind of hit home. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, uh, we definitely thought go out to call Count's mom. And and as far as 
you know, former Kentucky players. It's, it's been a rough few weeks. Uh, I don't know if we even mentioned it. We're showing up with John Wall and Jamal Mashburn, both off their moms, just recently as well. So definitely continue to think about those guys and now Carl as well with, with his mom going through what she's going through. Um, lightened it up a little bit. There's no smooth segue for that. but And y'all can always call 845-277-9373 and follow us on Twitter at Counts Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. Mama B, who I've met, had a privilege of meeting on multiple occasions um, in Lexington, there in Louisville, or in Danville, rather. Well, heck, Danville, Lexington, and Louisville. Different spots throughout the Commonwealth for different little functions we were able to go to uh, and enjoy. Is also savage. You already told everybody that on Twitter. You're tweeting it out on the regular. You're kind of live tweeting the savagery that you're on the receiving end of on a daily basis, you know, now that you're working from home and stuff. But she hit you with an ashy Terry last week. Let's just go ahead and kind of unpack that. I mean, that, that can't be skipped over. How she laid you out oh, with that the other day. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've been here for a couple <laughs> of weeks. Once we kind of knew that it was going to be a lockdown situation, I just said, you know, if I'm going to be locked down, I may as well be locked down with, with Mama B for a lot of reasons. Got to take care of Mom. You know, now that my dad has passed and it's just us and I'm taking care of her. So I said, if I'm going to be locked down, working, doing things from home, I may as well do it with her. So it's been good. Uh, it's you know it's ups and downs you know you know how it is sometimes with your with your mom uh, you go right back to being you know that her kid again right so uh, it's been good she's been cooking a lot uh, I've been careful to run to the store and get stuff and you know come back home take all those precautions I've been doing that but she caught me slipping the other day uh, I tend to wear my basketball shorts around the house. And uh, I had not applied the correct level of uh, lotion to my knees, and my knees were a little <laughs> ashy. So, so she said ashy, Terry. And, and and for those folks that 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 know, uh, you know Dave Chappelle and those guys, it was um, yeah, she caught me off guard with it. So there, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, and you said she hadn't even watched the show, but she still. still no, no, there was, there was that. There was, uh, uh, and I, this happened just the other day. For those people that have watched the movie Friday, I would assume that's a lot of people. You know, the scene in the kitchen in the morning, you know, where, uh, you know, Craig is, he forgot to take out the trash. His dad give him all this thing, you know. Oh, man. Every time I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, right? And so he's getting he's taken out the trash can, and he sees his mom in the kitchen, and she's got, ooh, he's, he's like, oh, you got a little pork steak. You got this, this, this. And he said, mm-hmm. And he goes and takes out the trash can, and he comes back. And she's sitting there eating. She said, well, where's mine? She said, oh, this ain't for you. So we had a situation yeah. like the other day. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, mom's in here cooking. I came back. I said, you know, well, where's mine? She said, Oh, you can, you know, you can take care of it yourself. So it's been, but it's, it's been good. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a good time. We've been, uh, we've been taking care of of, uh, of each other, keeping keeping a, a pretty good distance and everything like that. But it's, for the most part, it's, it's good. 
you know, it's fun. Uh, you know, we sit here over dinner, and it's always, uh, you know, she'll come back. Now, you remember when you were 16? Uh, oh, no. And you did X, Y, and Z? Oh, man. Now I got to answer for stuff I did back in 1993, man. Come on. Come on. But, but seriously, it's, it's, it's been good. I can't, uh, I can't complain. Uh, you know, taking care of, of, of mom has been uh, fantastic, and, and, and I'm making sure the girls are doing okay and everything. So I got to tell everybody, we're going to get through it. You know, it may take a minute or two, but, but, uh, but we're going we to get through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We sure will. Um, and you know, just to go and hit it one more time, my favorite part, Mr. Jones, you know, crazy daddy asked him why he was sleeping, why he take the garbage out. I was asleep. God, wish you would sleep right now. Hit you so hard with a left hook, make you get up and take out the trash. The, the, <laughs> man, the, the uh, great, the, the late great John Witherspoon was uh, oh, funny, man. Man. And, and, and that was the thing about Friday, no, I didn't grow up in South Central L.A., but I think every right. every son and dad had that moment growing up. He's like, you are eating all the food. I remember my dad told my oh mom my one time, he, he thought I was eating the plastic food off of the dining room uh, uh, table. And just... <laughs> <laughs> so, man, see, all, my, my dad tells this story, man. My dad tells this story, and you met him. He, he tells this story about me, about how he would have to go to the grocery store, and according to him, I, I think it's a fish tail. I think it's one of the things that gets bigger as time goes by. But according to him, he would get a cart, you know, for him and my mom and my sister, and then he had to get another whole grocery cart for all the food that I was eating as a teenager. That's, that's what he says. And having two boys myself, those little dudes, are, they're solid, stocky little dudes, and, and they're eating some food. So I'm not – maybe there is some truth to what was happening with me. I'm not even going to say that to my dad because he's going to be, you know, the first thing he'll say, see, that's exactly how you were. Now you know what I was dealing with with you. I already know. So I'm, I'm not even going to talk to dad about how much my boys can put away. I'm just going to, you know, you know I'm just going to roll with it because – you know, I'm 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 where Dad was 20 years ago, maybe. I guess maybe I was that bad when it came to eating. Oh, oh yeah, my 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 Dad said the same thing. So you know, we we we've had a good we've had a good time here uh, uh, in in quarantine. Did you have your mom in class? I, I went to school with some dudes that you know their moms was teachers. One guy. His mom taught at the elementary school. His dad taught at the high school. And, and it was unique seeing them interact with their parents at work, seeing them as parents interact with their kids at work as teachers. Did you ever have Mama B in any of your classes? No, no, no. Uh, no. She taught uh, for years and years at Shawnee Junior High and then Atherton High School, and then uh, she finished up at Valley High School. So we were never uh, – we we were never in the in the same school, uh, and that was, oh, okay. that was kind of a okay. conscious that was kind of a conscious decision on our part, uh, because you know if I'm somewhere and somebody says, well, Miss Brown is a blankety blank, well, you know now we got a little <laughs> hand, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it, yeah. it worked it, it worked out uh, that we were not in the same in the same building. 
that's cool. That's cool. That's one way to to approach it. Um, but just let a me quick say story this about quick, Okay. All right. All these people, you know, talking about you know being at home, stuck stuck with the kids. What do you do? Da 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 da. When your mother is a teacher, and school is out, you are out together. Okay. So. For me, growing up, school never ended. Like, I'm looking at all these people on Facebook, on Twitter and everything. Oh, you got to come up with your schedule. Uh, Really? Let me tell you something. I would get, like, a week. School would let out, and I would get a week of doing my own thing. I'm staying up late. I'm, you know, partying as much as I could in elementary and middle school, you know. And then after that week was up, we were getting up like it was a school day, okay? She had activities lined up, all right? Like like I was doing book reports in the summer and and, and, and and all this kind of thing. Now, I look back and I'm glad, but at the time, I was hot, man. You don't understand what it's like to be sitting inside working on a book report and you see your buddies outside. You know, this is back in the old days, the 80s, when people was outside. They on their bikes. They in the sprinklers, and you can hear them playing and laughing <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And you sitting there, and you can't get out to like three. By that time, everybody's tired and already going home. See, so yeah. it worked out because whatever we worked on that summer, the next school year, I was ready to rock. But boy, at the time, are you kidding me? I, like, yeah. I, I mean, I would get like a a little bit of PBS. I would get a little bit of. Uh, the old electric company with Morgan Freeman on it. I'm dating myself a lot there, uh, stuff like that. But but I wasn't watching all this kind of TV and all these people. What am I doing, my kid? Shoot, shoot! Are you kidding me? And my dad was a history buff, and I had to do like. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. History reports and everything like that. He's like, no, that's not how it went. I'm telling you. <laughs> There's no rest, no rest for the weary. Now, again, in retrospect, looking back, I'm like, okay, that worked out for the best. But at the time, man, that was cold blooded, cold blooded. Man, unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm just gonna tell one real quick on my mom since we're talking about flashing back to when we were in school and interactions. You met my dad, outgoing, gregarious, doesn't meet a stranger, talks to everybody. My mom's a little more quiet, uh, quiet till you get to know her, and I'm kind of in the middle. I think I'm a little bit of both of them. You know, my wife says, as long as I'm talking sports, I never shut up, but if, if the conversation changes, I will kind of lay back and kind of read the room and 
and become a little bit more quiet. But, you know, my mom was, was quieter, but she was, you know, she didn't take no mess either. We, you already know. I didn't even got to say no more to let you know that. But just on the subject of school, it was, you know, to me and my sister both, y'all better go to that school and do your best. If A's and B's is your best, then that's what you better bring home. If A's is your best, you better bring home A's. If C's and D's are your best, you better, you know, don't be bringing home F's. It's the best you can do is C's and D's. Whatever it is, you better do your best. But this is what I know for a fact, that that conduct grade better never drop below an A. She said, because I don't care what's going on with those other subjects, I know you got sense enough to go to that school and keep your mouth shut. So you better not have nothing but an A in that conduct. So I know you can probably identify with that as well, but that was one of my mom's biggest speeches, report card time, school time, first day of school coming up. We definitely made sure that was that's what we heard before we took off to school. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and one last little thing, uh, I know Bill Cosby, yada, 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 but I love the Cosby show. And there's the episode where Theo comes home with some bad grades, right? And he comes home, and 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 Claire sends Cliff up to, to talk to him. And Malcolm Jamal Warner, he's great. I know he's always going to be Theo, but this is a great scene. And he said, you know, I'd love you if you weren't a doctor. I'd love mom if she wasn't a lawyer. And just has this impassioned speech about how much mm-hmm. he love everybody and everything like that. And then the, the studio audience goes, oh, without missing the beat, <laughs> Dr. Hunt was like, Phil, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard before in my life. You're going to get these grades up because I tell you to. And that right there, I, I, I tell people all the time, I was raised by the Huxtables. My dad was like that, except he threw a little bit more. He was a Navy guy, so he threw some colorful language. I brought home some bad grades one time. And he said, and I gave him the same thing. Like, I'd love you if you weren't successful, and everybody Ooh. loves everybody. He said, I love you too, but you're going to get them damn grades up. <laughs> so I got to come and stand by your desk all day long. Yeah. Uh-huh. I said, I said okay. Uh, okay. So, yeah, so uh, <laughs> reliving that a little bit. Yep. We, got, we actually got some, we got some guests today. We got some guests today. I'm excited. Hey. Tell us who you got, because you pulled, you did it all, you did all the heavy lifting this week. First, well, well, first off, my friend Jack is going to come on because I know we're going to we're going to talk about a lot of those polls that we put out uh, on social media. We're going to talk about a couple of brackets. You know, with no sports going on, there's nothing to, there's no games to talk about. So now we're talking about where, you know, teams, best teams of all time, best players of all time. We got to have something. So my man Jack is going to come on and uh, talk to us, help us talk about that. He's always got some really good takes. I think this is going to be the first time he's going to be on with the both of us. He usually, I usually kind of bring him on when it's just myself, so I'm not talking to myself for too long. But I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to have uh, Katie Drzinski is going to come on. She writes for the Garnet and Black Attack on SB Nation. Uh, she covers uh, South Carolina. She wants to have her on to kind of preview the South Carolina-Kentucky baseball matchup, although that would not have taken place until May. But she's going to come in because South Carolina, if you kind of look at it objectively, 
with their baseball team and women's basketball team and a couple other programs are doing pretty good overall. We know uh, South Carolina is a tough place to play, even for the men's basketball team. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, hanging out during the uh, corona uh, virus uh, with her. She's going to be on at 7.30. Jack should be on in a few minutes. So, uh, you know, there's there's nothing else. There's no games to talk about. So now we're just going to shoot the breeze and kind of talk about all kinds of stuff. That's it. We, uh, you know, we send out a few little polls every now and then, not every week, not super regularly, just kind of, you know, as the polling mood hits us. Sent out one last week at the end of the show, meant to kind of work it in where we could talk about it, but didn't even get to talk about it, but it was out all last week. Um, with Tom Brady joining Tampa Bay, we just put out what's most likely to happen. Belichick wins the title without Brady. Brady wins the title without Belichick. They both win one apart from each other, or neither win one. 68 votes, 60% neither win one, 3% both win one. 28% think Brady's still going to get it done in Tampa, and 9% say Belichick uh, is going to win one without Brady. So that was cool, a little interesting deal. We sent out one yesterday about where you like your money ball rack, and that thing's blown up TV. It's almost, I mean, it's got over 400 votes already. It's going to be our most voted on poll by a long stretch. So we had to work that into the conversation, but if people are tearing that one up, um, where would you put your money ball rack if you were in a three-point contest? So uh, hit the polls, vote on them, hit us on Twitter, comment, interact, follow us on Facebook. Uh, and we definitely appreciate it and keep having fun each and every week. You said you were top of the key swaggy P style from on the, the money ball thing, right? Yeah, you know, I that that top of the key has kind of become you know, for me myself as a basketball player, I am not a shooter. Uh, part of that is I was always when I learned how to play basketball, I was smaller than everybody else. So I my set shot is off to the side a little bit. I know you're supposed to bring the ball up, you know, right over the your forehead is where your you know the back of your hand's supposed to be. If you look at, you know, the form like that, I don't do that. It's kind of off to the side, and it's just not consistent. You know, at this point, it is what it is. So for me, the best shot is to be able to uh, shoot straight on and use as much of the apparatus as I can whether it's the rim, the net, the heel of the rim, the backboard. I need a lot of stuff to hit so hopefully the ball can, so hopefully the ball can go down. Uh, you know, what should be the easy shot from the corner, it's, my shot is usually way strong or way short. It's straight, but it's just it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a lot going on uh, for it. So for me, it's that straight on, uh, that straight on shot. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm not a pure shooter. I'm kind of streaky. Uh, but something like that, that that right wing, just to the right of the top of the key, is just kind of the spot for whatever reason. Uh, my chances would be best from there in a three-point shooting contest. Had a lot of people respond to the tweets, um, to the poll. Benny from Benny and Lee said it don't matter. He said I'm making it. So he he can he said put his money balls in any rack, any time, any gym, any hoop, 
He said he don't it don't matter. Um, I think Terry Jordan was uh, top of the key guy. Let me see. We retweeted a bunch of them. Appreciate everybody putting them in. Uh, Kevin McGuffey, friend of the show, had him on twice. Last word on college football covers the Cats. He said left wing was always his favorite spot. Uh, Will Totten, you got to follow you, replied left wing. Says he feels like he shoots 80% from the left wing. That's always been his spot. Uh, casual fan, double zero with the P.J. Washington profile pick, right wing. Um, so a lot of different responses. That's just a little fun little thing. Yeah, look, we don't have any games. Don't have any sports. Just fun little, you know, little poll, little stuff. Take your mind off the things. That's what we try to do. So uh, appreciate everybody taking the foot second to, to hit that, interact. And let me see the status of this poll as your buddy Jack will be calling on here in a second. Let's see. Because, yeah, this is uh, yeah, 495 votes right now. 43% side with you. Top of the key, 38% wing, 19% corner right now. And that poll will be up for another five days. So uh, feel free to vote and kick it around and have a little fun with it. Yeah, you know, the, the um, you know, that left wing, we, we, know, we know who likes that spot <laughs> on that left-hand side. And we will talk about that uh-huh. a little bit, too, because there's a – there's a lot of, uh, as we talk about people ranking uh, players and teams. I mean, there's nothing else to talk about. And mm-hmm. as uh, and, and Jack will give us a call here in a second. But for my money, I, the hill I'm prepared to die on for Kentucky basketball as it's under John Calipari, uh, I'm, a, I'm a ride or die for the Twins. Like, they don't get talked about enough, and when they do get talked about, it's like ho-hum. So I'm ride or die for the Twins and, and all the underrated guys. Yeah, you know, I've talked for a while about my Keith Bogans All-Stars, guys that play for Kentucky that are probably better than you remember. And so we've seen a lot of, of, of guys uh, come through here, but not a lot of folks get that, get that love. And – you know, the, the the thing that kills me is, number one, I love every every young man that's put on the blue and white. Let me just say that. But I think some guys get more love than others. And for my money, the guys that get underrated are the ones who they are not flashy. Their numbers may not be spectacular, but all they do is win. You know, I've rewatched in the last week or so, I've rewatched the entire 1996 Final Four. And, and I'm telling you, our dude, Anthony Epps, wildly underrated. Like, you know, he's been on. We've had Derek Anderson on. We've had, you know, a lot of guys from that era on talk about, you know, he helped make millionaires. Anthony Epps was yeah. a dude. Let me, let me just say, a shout out to people, rewatch the UMass, uh, semifinal in 1996, and the Syracuse final. Probably the two worst games the 96 team played. Uh, Tony Delt uh, got a leg cramp in the semifinal against UMass and was out for like 20 minutes. And do you know who was making plays? 
Anthony freaking Epps. Like, <laughs> against the Syracuse zone early on, uh, you know, Syracuse was riding that, uh, that high of being the underdog. You know who is making, you know, a couple of big threes to break up that zone a little bit. Anthony freaking Epps. And Anthony Epps had a play with about four minutes left in the semifinal against UMass. UMass was pressing. The cats were on the ropes a little bit. And he had a full court length of the pass, length of the court pass to uh, uh, Antoine Walker that just broke that game wide open. So rewatch those games. Rewatch 1997 Final Four. I know the loss to Arizona. I get it. But Anthony Epps was a baller. In the 1996 tournament, he had a 9 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. To put that in perspective, if somebody has like a 1.5 to 1 or a 2 to 1 turnover ratio, we do backflips. In the six biggest games of the season, he had a 9 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. That is insane. That is like, what? Another guy that doesn't get a lot of talk, but all he did is Wayne Turner. You know, we talk about oh, all yeah. the point guards, and, and you know, and, and I get, look, I love John Wall. You know, I love the point guard, Tyler Ulis. Love those guys, right? We've had, we've been blessed with great point guards under John Calipari. Great point guards since then, uh, before him. But, man, Wayne Turner won more games than anybody else. His worst season was an Elite Eight finish. His worst. Come on, man. Come on. We, we say your, we want guys. Get your buddy on the line. Get, yeah, I'm going to bring Jeff on the line. Yeah, he used to be rambling. But I'm going to bring him on. I'm going to bring him on. Uh, <laughs> okay, but that's why I'm here. He used to be getting on my soapbox. But I'm going to bring my buddy Jack <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Jack, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Every time I hear you mention Anthony Epps, I just sit back and wait for you to go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He, he, he used to be getting on my soapbox because we'll be somewhere watching the game if it's his house or speed dubs or some other. And, and everybody knows when I get on a tangent, they just kind of shut it down, let me talk myself out, and then we're back at it. But, <laughs> but Jack, anyway <laughs> – Thank you uh, for joining us here tonight. We got a lot of stuff to to go over since there are no games. But how are you doing with the Corona shutdown uh, virus thing? Man, I'll tell you what, my antisocial ass has been prepping for this my entire life. Like, it's been like a little mini vacation. I'm just sitting here uh, playing video games, cleaning up. You know, I'm pretty happy right now. (laughs) You have not gone stir crazy just yet. Not yet. Not yet. Now, my wife might be going, but not me. (laughs) Well, send send our best to your lovely wife. I'm sure she's at home doing whatever it is that wives do. But (laughs) I I wanted to bring you on because, like I said, there's just all these different brackets and rankings and stuff kind of all over the place that are sparking debate because there are no games. The one I sent you, I kind of wanted to start off with, and Vinny, I, I, I believe you've got this as well, the SEC Basketball Bracketology GOAT Edition. Yeah. Where someone yeah. uh-huh. Saturday Down South has come up with a bracket for the best 
basketball, men's basketball player in SEC history. So before we go into it a little bit, I've got a lot of questions on how these guys were seated. So, Jack, I sent it to you. Just looking at the seating, what are some, or even omissions, what's kind of, what's jumped out at you to make you kind of scratch your head? You know, just looking at this, I, it had to be somebody in Tennessee that wrote this, right? Because how do you put Allen Houston as a two seed? I mean, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I know the dude's got the stats and everything, but his team's never made the tournament. Um, that just knocked me. Um, there, yeah. How you have like an all-time great like Isla at four, and Grant Williams is a three. Grant Williams. Yeah. I mean, how, how's, I mean, yeah. How's Grant ahead of, of Dan Isla and equal to Chris <laughs> Watson? Even if it is yeah. Tennessee and person Chris, that did it. And Dale and Dale Chris was seven. That's 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 the bipolar Tennessee person that did this. And Chris Lawson is a three playing Jamal Madford, who's a six. Are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> I mean And not even to just hop on all Kentucky people, but look at like poor Florida. You got Noah at six and Al Horford at six. They won back-to-back championships. They've got to be better than Allen Houston or Chris Lofton, right? Yeah, and that that's – so just on the premise of – and, Vinny, I'm putting this out on the show account so people can see exactly what we're talking about here. But just that, and I'm not even sure I haven't researched, but I'm not even sure all the people on this list my, – my bare minimum was you would have to be at least SEC Player of the Year to be in this conversation, right? Doesn't, wouldn't that make sense? I would agree. Probably to be a goat, yeah, one of the greatest, yeah, probably so. Or, or at least, at the very or, or, least, all SEC uh-huh. or something. I would think. But you're you're one seed. You've got Pete Maravich, LSU. I got really don't have a problem with that. You've got uh-huh. Shaquille O'Neal at LSU as a one seed. I don't really have a problem with that. Dominique Wilkins is the one. Okay, I, I really don't have a problem with that. And of course, Anthony Davis as a one seed. You, you, you don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, <laughs> so my thoughts on this, you could, and I forget what Twitter user responded when I put this out. You could almost have 
you know how they do the the rookie sophomore game in the NBA. You could almost have a Kentucky side of the bracket and then everybody else. And I, you know, and that to me kind of makes sense. Not because I'm a Kentucky fan, but if you just look at the hardware, you'd have to say it's Kentucky and then everybody else. What do you think about that, Jack? No, I think that makes sense. When you look at the amount of SEC titles that each school has won, it's it weighs so heavily to Kentucky. But like I said, that's probably why the Florida kids stuck out to me so much, just because they actually had success in a Kentucky era where nobody else has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those are your one seeds, and I, I, I've got really no problem with the one seeds. I, I, I get that. But once we kind of go down off that, that's where I start to get a little – Okay, as one two seed in the Maravich region is Corliss Williamson, and that dude was a bad dude. Like I, I know he kind of was that sixth or seventh guy in the NBA, but he was a bad dude at Arkansas. Uh, uh, Charles Barkley is the other number two. I mean, he's he's Charles Barkley. That was when he used the round mound rebound. And then Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, the old Chris Jackson, was a two seed, and that dude could mm-hmm. fall. Let's you know they just retired his jersey this year. This yeah. team was legit. And then as we point out, Allen Houston's the other two seed. Now the one thing that jumped out at me, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this as well, is when you look at the all-time LSU roster, and they've got some all-time all-level greats. Wouldn't you expect them to have a little bit more team success? I mean, if you've got a lineup of Pete Maravich, Shaquille O'Neal, Mahmoud Abdurahou, Bob Pettit. That's that's a pretty good four right there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it went for, I, went for Bob think, Pettit. Bill Russell would have won like 80 titles in a row. I mean, him and the St. Louis Hawks at least beat the Celtics that one time to break up right. that streak. You know and, you know, right. so, before they moved to Atlanta. Bob Pettit was a, a bad man. Right. So, but, but all that team success, particularly that team of Chris Jackson, Stanley Roberts, and Shaq, the, the Kentucky fans, you know, it's amazing. I think I've heard enough stories that, you know, there must have been 200,000 people in Rupp Arena for that game. You know, remember that? You know, everybody <laughs> talks about being that game, you know, and everything. But uh, to not have – a lot of team success. I know they've been to a couple of Final Fours, but man, you would just think with all that talent. So, uh, but Jack, so looking over this bracket, what's what's your Final Four? How does your Final Four break down? That that Maravich one, he was so far behind before my time that I don't know if I give him enough credit as he probably deserves. But it'd probably be him or uh, Corliss Williamson because. I don't know if there was somebody that scared me more growing up than Corliss Williamson. That dude was Absolutely. a monster. Um, the bottom bracket there, Shaq and Dan Essel, it's got to be one of those two. Um, again, Shaq, yeah. just for my generation, was frightening. Uh, I was so glad when he punched that dude and didn't have to Play Kentucky in the SEC tournament that year. That was so awesome. Oh, Charles Groves. Was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
bottom right bracket, it's got to be Anthony Davis. Um, and for my money, it's got to be Mashburn in there with the with him in there just because what he brought to Kentucky at that time was so great. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And up at the top, I'm God, Chris Jackson is so good. Um, I love me some John Wall, but he was only there for a year. And Neek, he was just right before my time. I would probably lean towards Chris Jackson. That's that's very close to what I have. What do you, what do you have, Vinny? Oh. Man, this is Mashburn. I mean, and look for him to be a six seed, and and John Wall kind of gets credited for being like doing you know revival program like Mashburn did, you know after Billy G. Mashburn did the same thing for Patino and was you know over multiple years, you know, pre-social media he had the same impact. Um, it's it's hard to see it's hard to see Mash being denied, even though he's a, he's highly extremely understated. Um, I'm like you, Jack, Shaq or Dan Hissel, and and Dan Hissel was used to playing against you know guys like Shaq. You know he played Kareem, Artis Gilmore, Wilt. He went against you know all those dudes <laughs> at six nine. He would draw them out and. You know, pop jumpers in their eyes and, and drive past them. Um, that would be a titanic battle between and Dan's understated as a four, which is ridiculous. And Dominique, I, like he he is a little bit before our time. Like he started, and I was a Hawks fan because of him until they traded him. I can't let what he did with the Hawks impact what he did at Georgia, but he was awesome at Georgia. We just didn't really see that. Um. I would take Neek out of that region. Neek and Pistol Pete. Shaquille Issel and the other one. And Mashburn. I'd have to, man. Yeah, Neek, Pistol, Mash, and I, I, well, I'm wrestling with Shaq and Issel. Well, why why you wrestling? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a toss mine out here. I went with Pete Maravich simply because his scoring records without a three point shot are absolutely ridiculous. And you know we uh, on this show we've talked to Dana, so we've talked to Mike Pratt, contemporaries that were just like, hey, you just he got his, and you just hoped as a team you could beat him. And and that to me, he's he's coming out of that bracket just just untouched. Shaq versus Dan Issel in the in that bottom left bracket. I love Shaq, and this is going to probably be a homer call because uh, I am a homer uh, here. I'm going to go with Dan Issel. To me, it means something if if you are arguably the best player, you've got the you're the leading point scorer, the leading rebounder on the best team. Like that to me should count for something. It's like if we were ranking. Uh, SEC football players, and you know, yeah, if you're the Alabama leading rusher, yeah, yeah that should mean something. So I'm gonna go with Issel there. Uh, I'm gonna go with AD 
it was tough. But it was AD versus Mashburn, but man, and, and it, this was a tough call, right? Because we all remember Mash being the dude to really bring Kentucky back and all that meant. But Anthony Davis, man, I watched uh, a little while ago. There was a random uh, Kentucky South Carolina game in that 2012 season, and I forgot just how dominant he was at both ends of the court. Like, dudes just stopped driving to the lane. Like, dudes were just, just they they get by, you know, Lamb or Teague on the perimeter and just pull up for a crazy mm-hmm. shot because they didn't want to get anywhere near the paint. And he was just doing that. And, and that's just, I, that's it's tough. That, that's the, that's an overtime game for me right there. And then uh, top right, uh, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, Chris Jackson, however you want to say it, that dude was just different for his size and everything like that. So, so that's my final four. Hmm. But, but it, it, it's 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 tough because you can you can put like ten more Kentucky guys on there with, without even missing a beat. I mean, you can put like Tayshawn Prince yeah. up there. I would, you know, because he was what Player of the Year in All SEC. Two, three times, maybe. You know, there's all kinds yeah, of. Kenny you know, Walker Tony could go. Mm-hmm. On. Kenny Walker can go on there. Sam Bowie could go on. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I think you could have a, a just a listing of just you know twenty Kentucky guys against the top twenty from the rest of the league and still have a compelling uh, bracket. Yeah, sure. And I mean, it's it's as crazy as this one is seated. It's it's. I mean, the cream rises. Um, like, like how is Sam Foster even on the list? I mean, Vanderbilt was okay. I mean, they beat Kentucky in the title game of the tournament. But, I mean, I'm sure you come to some guys before we can get to him. I'm not picking on him, but I was surprised to even see him. Even though he's an eight, I was still shocked to see him there. Um, Does Vanderbilt – should, Van, should anybody from Vanderbilt make this list or Mississippi State? That it, it, To me, it kind of felt, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Jack, um, like they were saying, we got to put some people on here from the non-traditional schools, right? Like, yeah. we got to just put some guys on here. And, and that, to me, I, I guess, but it just, I don't know. And I'll be honest with you, this Reggie King from Alabama, I have never heard of this guy. Not disrespecting <laughs> or anything like that, but I've never heard of him. If you said Alabama, I might yeah. would have said the Trail Sprewell, or even that Irwin mm-hmm. Dudley dude that played for like ten years, you know, in the two thousand, yeah. or uh, yeah. Rodney or something like, that. Yeah, yeah, Colin Sexton even, you know. Uh, but some yeah. of these guys, it's just like I'll be honest, I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know Alan English played at South Carolina. If you'd have said South yeah. Carolina, I would have said. You know, was that B.J. Mackey? Remember, you, you heard those guys <laughs> from the 97 squad? Yeah. That lost, that lost to, oh, man. Was that Coppin State? There was a 215 seed. 215 game. Yeah. Somebody look that up. Yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned that about, like, throwing some bones to some of them, but then you look at, like, Mississippi, and they've got multiple people on there. And you're like, that seems silly. Yeah, but Johnny Newman, 
again, I remember that guy. He was a journeyman in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't know he was at Ole Miss. Like, if you're going to go with Ole Miss, give me your boy. Oh, what was the uh, Marshall? Journey was bad, give though. That guy. He's bad, though. He's he before our time. He was bad, though. I saw the SEC story on Johnny. He was, he was pretty okay. tough. Okay. And they had somebody else from Mississippi, John Stroud. Like, some of these guys I have to look up, I guess. But – Maybe it's just the homer in me coming out, but it's like, come on, man. Come on. Like, I might go Perry Wallace and Vanderbilt. Like, he integrated the, he integrated the SEC and averaged a double-double for his career. And he was like 17 and 13 his senior year, and he was 6'5". I might even put him on there for Vanderbilt, and that's going back to the 60s. I mean, historical, and I mean, he did it on the court. It, Vanderbilt had a lot of guys I love to hate, but I don't think they've ever had a guy that I was like, man, you know, we got to contain player X because he's going to kill us tonight. It's always just some random white guy with frosted tip highlights. <laughs> that, the Dan Lange guy. McCaffrey, McCaffrey, <laughs> Lange, Riley Lachance. Yeah, Lange. Uh, what was the other one? Luke, what was that dude's name? Was it Luke Cornett or something, the big dude? Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you guys, too, is, is Kentucky fans, and I think I saw this on Twitter, who are the people of opposing teams that you just love to hate? Like, there's a guy, like, uh, we were talking about this with that Fulkerson for Tennessee that you're like, man, I hate that dude, and that dude is killing us. But I just, I, hate is a strong word, but I'm going to use it, you know, this, this, you know, this sports hate. What are some of those guys you're like, man, I just hate that guy. Like I don't, I can't really explain it, but I just hate that guy. Hate that guy. Like for me right now, it's Fulkerson, uh, Matt Walsh at Florida. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, a whole list of dudes at Tennessee. But what are some of those dudes like, man? Like I know Kentucky's probably beating your team, but I just hate that guy. What about you, Jack? Uh, give me Andrew DeClark. God, I hated Andrew DeClark. <laughs> I'd take it back, and that team made a Final Four. That was ridiculous. Yeah. They made that one final mm-hmm. that year. That was that was something. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Florida's got a long list of guys too. Uh, yeah, Florida Andrew Payne. always seem to have. Oh, it, yeah, and, and uh, oh, LeBron's buddy Mike. What is it? What's the dude's name? Miller, Mike Miller. Mike Miller. Yeah, yeah. They had that. Florida always has those teams where they got those guards that shoot a ton of threes and ignore the big men. Those are my favorite Florida teams. You know, outside <laughs> of their championship team, there's always, like, you know, we'd be playing, uh, and they'd have, like, Udonis Haslam and some other guys down low, and they would ignore those dudes and just yeah. fuck up bad threes. Those are my favorite Florida Me teams hook. ever. <laughs> yeah. Dimitri <laughs> <Me too. laughs> oh. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> I got I to put, uh, put Tony Harris from Tennessee on the list. He played, you know, with, with Ron Slag and Hathaway and Black and all those guys back when Mobins was there. The dude didn't even dress. Y'all probably remember the game. Uh, yes. Ron Slay and Keith Bogans went after a loose ball. And if, if anybody's going to throw hands, it would have been those two. They got up joking and, and laughing, and it wasn't even anything. Tony Harris, like, you know, in a walking boot and, and had a cast on his arm and leg, went running in street clothes thinking there was going to be a scrap and there was nothing, but he couldn't play. But was ready to flop off that bench in case there was something. Tony Harris was, you know, back in those Jerry Green, Tennessee days. You couldn't stand here, man. Yeah, Tony Harris is on there. Ron Slay, but Slay was a pretty good ball player. But I wasn't. I was yeah, never cool a fan. Slay. I was never really a big fan of him. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to look. I'm looking around the league. Marshall Henderson. He didn't really rub me the wrong way. I know a lot of people weren't big no. fans, but he cracked me if up. You're playing for, if you're playing for Ole Miss basketball, yeah, you got to do something. And I think, Jack, you and I had this conversation like, you know, whatever Marshall Henderson does, it's not going to be the worst thing Ole Miss is known for. (laughs) 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 Like, like, no matter what he does, I'm not going to be like, well, he's just solely the name Ole Miss, you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, those South Carolina teams I wasn't a big fan of, but they didn't rub me the wrong way. With, with those guys, uh, you know, uh, B.J. Mackey and, oh, there was like those three guards that killed Kentucky for a stretch. Uh, yeah, Watson. You know, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, see, Mississippi State is always weird because if you look, we've always had some pretty good games against Mississippi State. You know, you've got the uh, Eric Daniels tip in. Of course, you've got the – uh, the, the game in the SEC tournament, the Bledsoe miss and Boogie tip in. And there have been some great games, but there haven't really been any players where I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that guy. No, none of them are coming to me for Mississippi State. No, it was more the coach when uh, uh, the guy that said yeah, the play was very yeah, it was more Stansbury. of a coach than anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of coaches, um, he's on my list of, of, of coaches that have aggravated me. Uh, Kevin from uh, Vanderbilt. I almost said Kevin from the Auburn, oh. but that's not right. Kevin Stallings. <laughs> the best yeah. part about covering those games was Kevin Stallings hated everything about Kentucky. Like, we would beat his team, and he would come to the podium, and you could just tell he hated everything about it. And so the best part would be Jerry Tipton would start asking questions about how he thought Kentucky's team was going to be moving forward. And he would just be so mad, so mad. And, and, and he's up there as far as coaches uh, for me. Uh, so a 
quick question, Jack. Where are you on uh, – I'm drawing – the Auburn coach now, I'm drawing a button. Bruce Pearl. Where are you about Bruce Pearl? Is he is he a villain? Is he a good foil? Where are you with him? I'm I go good foil. I I never hated a Pearl as much as everybody else did when he was at Tennessee. Um I think the stuff he got busted for in reality should be all legal stuff. I mean, hell, let's get the play, players paid. Um I've never been a huge Bruce Pearl hater. And it may just be because he's a jolly fat guy that makes me chuckle every time I see him, but that could be it. And, and, and he's sweating to beat the band. I, you know, I yeah. came out kind of against him, but you need that. And I think when you look at the SEC, you need coaches and programs that aren't afraid of Kentucky. Right? You need guys that aren't deferential to Kentucky, but like Pearl will tell you, hey, for the league to be what it needs to be, Kentucky's got to be Kentucky, and then everybody else has got to match that. Like when he says things like that, I'm all for it. Like he gets it. But when he plays Kentucky, he understands, yeah, you got to beat them. And you can't just beat them and, and, you know, once. You've got to be really competitive. So I, I've kind of grown to love uh, Bruce Pearl. What about you, Vinny? Yeah, um, you you can't you gotta respect him. Even when he was at Tennessee and and he was reviving their program and and he was painting himself and he was in the student section. I I hated it more so for the fact that he was making Tennessee good, you know, and and that's what rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, man, this dude is down here, you know getting them excited and, and putting a good product on the court and, you know, becoming a thorn in Kentucky's side. That's why I didn't like it, <clears throat> Even especially because <laughs> of that Tennessee. Um, right, but right. what he was doing, you know, he, he's an extraordinary marketer. His energy, if you separate the fact of where it was at, you had to you had to respect what he did. I mean, we know what happened with the barbecue and the whole show cause thing. Uh, but then to go to Auburn, which is you know basketball Siberia, and now he's done the same thing again. Uh, you you got to respect it. Is he is he a hundred percent sincere in his love for Kentucky? You know, post game, you know, getting emotional in his love for the state. Is he posturing for the job? Is he landed on a little thick? Uh, maybe he is rooting for Kentucky unless Auburn plays him. I don't know. Uh, does he want the job if Cal ever leaves? I don't know. Uh, but on the whole, you gotta you can't knock his hustle. Now, speaking of coaches, somebody we have gone from loving to hating to maybe pitying, <laughs> our boy, Rick Pitino. He's back, y'all. He's back at Iona. He wants to come. He wants to play Kentucky. He, he's back to saying he never should have left Kentucky. He's 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 back, y'all. We knew he was going to come back, and he's back. Jack, what are you feeling? Because I know we've had conversations about Rick when he got to Louisville, when he left Louisville. Where are you on the Rick Petito? Is this 4.0? Are we like? Is this the Windows 10, Rick? Is this <laughs> Windows 95? What what upgrade are we on at this point? Where are you at on this, Jack? 
I'm just sad. <laughs> like, oh, poor Rick. Um, I sure, whatever, Rick. Um, amazed he's not doing TV. Uh, trying to sell me a car or something. I don't know. Uh, I have a feeling we're not going to be looking up and see Iona. Uh, reaching new pinnacles of success or anything like that. I I just see it being a just a stop, if that makes sense. It, and, and here's my two cents. I'm going to get to you, Vinny. My two cents is Rick Pitino can coach basketball. You know, we talked about Bruce Pearl and what he's been able to do at two, two stops here, you know, getting Auburn to the Final Four, which, you know, was a big deal. But Rick Pitino can coach basketball. That goes without saying. But he's at that point, he's in his 70s, I believe. And I have always said, like, where does he go? You know, because here in Louisville, Denny Crum is always at the games, right? He's courtside. They cut to him on TV. They show him in the arena. He gets a standing ovation. Joby Hall, he gets that same kind of reception. Uh, We know that UCLA, uh, John Wooden, got that reception at courtside and and so did uh, Dean Smith at North Carolina. But if you're Rick Pitino, where do you go for your golden years? He can't go back to the Young Center, right? Like, like he's, he's not welcome there. And I don't think it's to the point where he would be necessarily beloved like Joe B. Hall at Rupp Arena. He's not going back to Boston. You know, and the people that, you know, he touched at Providence, they don't know who he is. So the cynical – version of me is, yeah, I'll get Patino wants to coach, but he's looking for a place where he can be old, to be honest with you. If he can get Iona to, like, the NCAA tournament and it's a good feel-good story, I think they'll embrace him a little bit. Otherwise, he's just kind of a, you know, he's a he's a you know, a, a genius with no hope. What, what do you think about that, Vinny? <laughs> you know, it's the whole thing, you know, you could have, you know, you, you everybody makes their own decisions. You you leave for Boston, you can't turn that down. But how do you not know how coming back to Louisville would would hit everybody in Kentucky outside of the Cards fans in Louisville and wherever else they are in Kentucky? So to be oblivious to that, I mean, if Nick Saban took a couple years off and came back and replaced Malzahn at Auburn, that's what you'd have. That's that's what it would be. And, you know, you see how LSU fans feel about him, and he's been gone from there, won a title there, but been gone from there for years. Every time the tide rolls into Baton Rouge, you you see how they still feel. Uh, It's just fans are crazy, fans short for fandom, but that's just how it is. So when you come back, if you went to Michigan and, okay, well, okay, you know, do your thing, Rick, you know, maybe wish you the best. But to come to Louisville, that's just, that's hard to get over. Appreciate what you did post-Eddie Sutton up until 97. Like, you, you can't, you know, like John Madden says, you, you can't take that away from it. And we appreciate every drop of it, the 92 season. 
1997, 96, 97, hey, 93, 94, 95. We appreciate all of that. But, you know, everything at Louisville and, you know, flipping us off and, and, and it's, so like you said, where would you, where do you get reverence? You know, he is, he does kind of like that ego stroke and there's not really a, a, a ground zero for that for him. If he does well at Iona, how long do y'all see him staying there? Do you think he tries to parlay it into a bigger job, or did he just go there to get old and fade out to, into the sunset TV? Um, I'm, I still have a little trouble getting over the Louisville thing, but I don't. I, I, I think he's just trying to buy Petrino at Iona if it, if it works out the way he hopes. But here's Thanks, the thing: out. I'm going. I'm going to Michigan State now, wherever. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. With that, uh, and, and Jack, you know, Jack's here in Louisville with me, and, and Louisville fans are are trying to make it seem like they're morally superior to Kentucky fans because Kentucky fans did not embrace Rick at Louisville. And I'm sure you've heard this a lot, Jack, like, oh, you all are just going over the top. He can coach wherever he wants to. Yeah, he can. And no, I never faulted Rick for leaving. It's the Boston Celtics. They backed up a Brinks truck, gave him complete control. Like, you have to take that job. But I thought where he messed up was saying he's going to come back to Louisville and still be embraced by Kentucky fans. And that was never going to be – that was never going to work. Yeah. You know, I had someone tell me on Twitter this week, we all just didn't want him there because you didn't want Louisville to be good. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's what a rivalry is. I don't want Louisville to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you didn't want him to make Louisville great. Kentucky fans are so over the top because if Nick Saban, you know, went to the Dolphins again and came back to coach Auburn, Alabama fans would lose their stuff. If Coach K said, I'm retiring, and showed up in Chapel Hill to follow up Roy Williams, all hell would break loose. Like, I think it's unfair to paint Kentucky fans as being crazy when we don't see this happen that often, you know. Uh, if, I, if, if he had, if he had been that Louisville went to Boston and come to Kentucky, Louisville fans know good and well they'd still be been out of shape over. If he come to Kentucky, minus ciphers, minus hookers in the door, <laughs> minus all the baggage, <laughs> minus Minority Hall and beside the you know lodge. <laughs> Louisville fans will feel the exact same way we feel, maybe even worse, because they, you know, we got the little brother syndrome anyway. And if he had left, Louisville won a title in '96 with, you know, DeJuan Wheat or whatever, goes to Boston, comes to Kentucky, and you know, comes to Big Brother. Oh, come on, TV, y'all in Louisville? Y'all know how that would go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, Jack. I was just shaking my head thinking about that. He's 100% right. And, and you know, and I heard as a Louisville fan say, well, you all don't feel that way about Howard Schnellenberger. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, he played at Kentucky. It, it's, not, it's, it's not an apples to oranges. It's not an apples to apples comparison. It would have right. been if, if Bobby Petrino, right, 
had done all the stuff at Louisville, gone to the Falcons, and if we had brought him into Lexington and he would have been starting to beat Louisville's brains in, they feel the same way. Like, I don't – look, all fans, all groups of fans have their issues, right? We're all – can go a little too far. But this narrative that Kentucky fans are singularly bad, I don't engage in that anymore. You know, I don't engage in this y'all are bad because of blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't, I don't take that bait anymore when it comes to debating Louisville fans or anything. You know, uh, I hear this a lot. You know, they still, there's still this belief that Kentucky is, is the racist school and how can you be a black Kentucky fan? And I'm like, hey, man. I, I live in Louisville, and if, you're, if your thesis is Louisville is somehow less racist than the rest of the state, let me tell you something. It's not. Like, you can't sell me that, and I've been in Louisville for almost 43 years. I can't look at my parents that have been in Louisville for longer than that. You can't tell me, you know, oh, it's the rest of the state is racist, but Louisville isn't. Like, that doesn't work for me. So you've got to come up with, with different arguments on why, quote-unquote, your team is, is superior. So, but question, I'll right. cut you off, Jack. Do you think uh, Patino is at Iona for four or five years, or is he, is he going to try to parlay it into a big-time job? Would a job want him uh, at this point? I honestly can't imagine another big school really taking that chance on him. Uh I mean, but I guess you never say never, but, God, I don't know. Like, when you were trying to think of where Patino would have ended up to, like, get his reverence, I really thought it was going to be TV. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, like if he became like this great analyst or announcer, something like that, and then he could be embraced by basically everybody associated with basketball, but not necessarily one team, I think that could have gotten me. The the Bobby Knight plan. The Bobby Knight plan, right? Where he got on TV, and for a while he was doing pretty good, and everybody forgot that he was an abusive jerk for a while. Like everybody, you know, you know. Collectively, Louisville fans, Kentucky fans, Tennessee fans, we can all laugh at IU, right? We can all collectively laugh at IU. Like, Miller's feeling the stress now. We can all kind of chuckle at that. And just the way they still, in the year of our Lord 2020, fawn over Bobby Knight is just 
it's weird. Is it weird or is that just me? Oh, no, 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 no. As somebody who grew up in southern Indiana, it it's a cult. And it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, I've never understood how they could justify him choking players or throwing chairs. All of that stuff just was mind-boggling. And the fact that he's been gone for so long and now they they still worship him, it's just bizarre. But, then again, they're also the ones that celebrate a three-pointer in December and think that's like the greatest <laughs> yeah. thing ever. When I saw this season, and I think you all might have seen it too, that like during halftime or something, part of their entertainment is to have fans recreate the watch shot to win prizes. Look, man, like that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. That is just – and when we start talking about, you know, the Blue Blood program (laughs) – you know, IU is still on the list, but have we seen a blue blood program go this long without being really relevant? I mean, 30 years, and no one has really talked about IU basketball. Like, they have never gone it, – it, I shouldn't say never, but it's been a long time since they've gone into the tournament with any kind of, like, hey, IU could win this thing. More likely than not, it's yeah. usually IU's on the bubble. Right? It's like, you know, they'll get in and win a game or two, but nobody's expecting IU to win. But I'm okay with that because it's IU. (laughs) Yeah. I second the motion. Yeah. But, you know, Um, the the whole still in love with Bobby Knight, like I I don't get it because Ohio State, and I'm not an Ohio State fan and all this, like they they don't go back to Woody Hayes like, oh, yeah, yeah, he punched that player. But, like, like Indiana, they, you know, yeah, yeah, we know he choked that student athlete, but, you know, he was misunderstood. What? Are you, are, you, are you kidding me? And that always found that to be a little bit odd that still at this day they still want to go back to 1980. Like, that's not – you're not going to be that IU again. And then you see they're spending more on recruiting than anybody else. What are you doing? <laughs> you spend all that money in for what? <laughs> yeah. Or Archie Miller. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. Like, I don't know how they catch up in the Big Ten, let alone nationally. Like, I don't know how they – because all the Indiana kids are not going to Indiana. You know, because wasn't – Marcus Teague was from Indianapolis, right? I want to say, Trey Lyles, he was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't Greg Greg Oden from Indiana somewhere, I want to say? So they're not even getting – like the home state guys aren't even looking. Like I I know that everybody in Kentucky wants Kentucky to have all the home state guys, but like the elite guys we're going to get. Like there's not going to be a top 20 player – Nationally, the cow is not going to, you know, put on the roster. But these guys aren't even Keon, looking at Indiana. Keon what? Brooks is from Fort Wayne. Keon Brooks is from Fort Wayne. That's right. That's right. That reminds me. 
and, and as we finish up with you, Jack, I, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, you know, I, I sent him a text a couple of days ago, Vinny. I said, Jack, I'm going to need you. He answered the back phone. He said, yeah, I got you. That's what a good friend is, is for. But uh, hey, I appreciate are, it. Vinny, so it's good. <laughs> Uh, hey man, I appreciate it, Jack. Oh, well, I got I got one last question. I'm not getting them off just yet, but okay. with this season ending the way it did, kind of where are you feeling about this squad from the Evansville game to the Florida game? And is this one of those squads that you felt had a puncher's chance of getting to the final four? That that was that was a leading question, but kind of your thoughts on this year's squad and kind of how they're going to maybe be remembered going forward? I mean, going into this tournament, I literally could see anything happening. They could lose in the first round, or they could win the entire damn thing. Um, I guess probably what they're going to be remembered for is because we didn't have the season, it's going to save the health of a lot of Kentuckians. Because I could just imagine them giving heart attacks across the state. Um, it it was just one of the craziest years. Uh, you really wish they could have put a bow on it one way or the other, just to see if everything was worth what we went through, or it just, yep, that felt like what the season was, you know. Um, because I don't think we know one hundred percent how it was going to go, and that's that's so it's so weird about it. Yeah, and and Pat Forty and some of these other national writers are kind of, you know, I'm not saying they all get together and decide to write the same thing, but I'm saying a lot of folks are saying we should just kind of quote unquote give it. You are assuming that, you know, Bill Self is going to be able to navigate this thing with a top ranked Kansas team. Like, <laughs> haven't we seen this before? Like, yeah, they could have gotten the Final Four, but we've all seen them lose to schools where we have to Google where they are. Like Bucknell, I still don't know where Bucknell is. I just know they beat Kansas. You know, Northern Iowa. I've been to Iowa, and if you go to Iowa, people in Iowa are like, Northern Iowa? Like, people in Iowa don't know where Northern Iowa is, okay? (laughs) It's like Western Kentucky being in Bowling Green. It's one of those crazy ones that – just because it says it in the title, you don't know for sure where that school is. Right, right. So, so kids, so I Richmond ain't that far east either. No, <laughs> they're all kind of the central part of the state. But <laughs> Western should be in Murray. Yeah, I guess. And I guess Eastern should be in Pikeville. Right, right. Yes. Well, you know, Notre Dame's in South Bend, and it's at the very top of the state, but. So I, I agree with you. I, I felt that for me this season was about seeing it pay off for Nick Richards. You know, a guy yes. that had been overlooked for two years and really came into his own. And I said this on the post game a lot. Like Nick had to get touches for Kentucky to be successful. And I never thought I would have said that for the last two years. But for those people that wanted to see guys develop, you know, they're tired of the one and done and all this kind of stuff. Nick Richards, this, this is your poster child for that, right? Like we knew PJ Washington coming back for another year could be all SEC. Like we kind of knew that, but junior Nick Richards, 
nobody saw this coming. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. Dude became money. I mean, I don't know what else you should – you could say, like, he went, he went from not starting to being player of the year. That's a journey. The one guy I think that's going to get overlooked on this team is Tyrese Maxey. And those nights when he wasn't shooting the ball well, he was still getting you four or five rebounds, four or five assists, still playing stellar defense. Like, I don't know if you all see those analytical things uh, Justin Rowland points out, but he was in, like, the top 95 percentile of isolation defenders in the country. And I think that gets overlooked. But because his numbers aren't eye-catching, I think he's going to kind of get lost in the shuffle for kind of year that uh, year that he had. Uh, what about you, Vinny? What are you looking looking back on this year? What are you kind of thinking? Um, I'm I'm kind of like Jack. It, the the pendulum could have swung so far either way. Uh, like you said, they could they could lose early. They could make a deep run to regroup from. Evansville, 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 and win the league by three. Win the league by three games in the regular season. When you know almost halfway into conference play, we talked about it. You know they were two games, two full games behind LSU, and yeah. you know to kind of lap the field the way they did the second half of the conference season uh, really said a lot. And, and before the season started, all we heard was you know the February, the schedule, this is the schedule is so backloaded. It's so backloaded. It's all, it gets tough in February. And that's kind of when they made the most hay in conference play. So, And to see what they did on the road consistently. You know, we talked about, what, 2011, they couldn't buy a game on the road and still went to the Final right. Four. You know, they lost pretty much every close game on the road. They dropped it, you know, until the end. And this team – you know, they, the tougher it got on the road, the better they played. Uh, and they did it all season long. So that was a nice feather to have in their cap had they been able to go on to March Madness. Um, so every coach is going to say, you know, we had a team that could win it. Cal has said it, you know, multiple times, you know, since the season's over, you know, talked about how devastating they were after not being able to play in Nashville. Um we just heard what yesterday how big a boost it was when Hagen came back, and that's what you were hoping for, you know, after, you know, the, the little speed bumps he had went through at the Tennessee game and all that. Hoping he would come back right personally and then come back right as far as reacclimating himself to the team. And from the sounds of things, that was the case. So hopefully that would have translated onto the court. Uh, and that would have been another shot in the arm, having him kind of fresh and rejuvenated in year two to hit March with, you know, to kind of redeem what happened last year. So, you you know, if the whole what might have been is always going to be there. Uh, we'll never know. But you had to like their chances, like you usually always do when you roll around the March in the Cal era. Well, I was excited, too, about having a team that could hit free throws. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when I forgot who broke it down, like, you look at Cal's losses in the tournament, and it's like 40%, 50% free throws. 
But we had a team with four guys that could knock down clutch free throws. I was excited about that. You know, <laughs> you know, as, as good as Quickly was, I think he missed like ten free throws all year. Like that is insane for 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 uh, for any any player. But you know, this is one of the. It's going to be a weird year for everybody. I feel good. You know, looking forward. I don't know who's coming back. I have a feeling EJ Montgomery is going to come back. Uh, and hopefully we'll see that that jump for him as a, a three-year guy. You know, there's a big debate: is quickly going to come back? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, you know, we don't get in recruiting. I don't know these guys, but uh, I, I think this team will have a special place just for. I, I think they gave us a lot of good memories, uh, like you said, Vinny. Uh, lapping the field. I don't remember. You know. Kentucky's won 50-11 SEC championships, but this one was kind of over at uh, Valentine's Day. Like, it just, like, okay, Kentucky's going to win it. Like, it didn't even, uh, you know, become a thing. So, um, anyway, I've talked a lot. I apologize about that. But, Jackson, thank you so much for coming on and shooting the breeze with us a little bit. I really appreciate that, okay? Hey, I appreciate you all. Keep it up. Yeah, are, you are, are you on Twitter, Yeah, uh, follow me at, at Kentucky Anna Geek. Kentucky Anna Geek, all right. Man, appreciate you hopping on, man. It was fun talking with you. Hey, you too, man. Talk to you all later. Right, take care, Jack. Yep. All right. Yeah, man. Jack, bringing it, man. Yeah, I knew once we got on these kind of – because these are the kind of debates that we have – we get together, we watch games, and uh, we do different things like that. I uh, uh, forgot what I was going to say. I kind of miss, you know, doing the post-game show this year. I kind of miss going out uh, and, and watching the games with, with my buddies because we do have these kind of debates. But uh, I knew since we were going to have some of these topics that it would be good to, to, bring, uh, to bring Jack on and kind of shoot the breeze a little bit. Absolutely. Two quick things want to hit before uh, Miss Katie comes on. Uh, look, we talked about lost legends before, but Kenny Rogers is, is just as legendary as anybody, and he just passed away. He was <laughs> dude. How versatile was he, man? You know, the gambling movie we know, Lady through the years, all the stuff we know. But that funky 70s stuff he was singing before we were born, before he, you know, transitioned in the country, um, the clips that's floating around of him in the charity game with, with Jordan and my guy, Neek, and him ball faking <laughs> Jordan and knocking down the jumper. I mean, come on, Kenny. Absolutely. Um, our flashback to our early adulthood, I mean, when you get parodied, I mean, you know you got to be popular. Will Sasso on Mad TV, which – you know, used to go neck and neck and neck with SNL, but he did you know, ah, Kenny Rogers. That was a skit that was consistently on there, you know, for a while on that show. Died um, at 81 in natural causes. So, uh, and, and poor Dolly Parton, her tweet, bless her heart, because uh, they were just friends for so long and singing buddies for so long. Uh, but, but Kenny Rogers was, man, a legendary dude, man. Did a lot of cool things. Yeah. The Gambler, Islands in the Stream, Through the Years, Luke Steele, We've yeah. Got Tonight, Ladies. 
they did that. Yeah. They storytellers with him and Lionel Richie with that. Uh, yeah, but Kenny Rogers, he was he was that dude. He he spanned a lot of different genres and a lot of different, you know, back from the seventies to to now. He was he was that guy, and uh, yeah, definitely hated the, when that came across. And I saw that, and I said, oh. That's 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 a tough one, uh, you know, Kenny Rogers. But uh, sending love to, you know, to his, to his family and and everything like that. Absolutely. Um, and one quick one too. I, I saw on Twitter, you know, your guy, Lake of Legends, you know, gave Magic Johnson a truckload of his assist with that sky hook or finishing some kind of way in the post. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar all-time leading scorer in NBA history, was doing a segment on Twitter, hashtag AskKareem, and somebody asked him who today did he see himself in the most or who reminds you the most of you or whatever. And Kareem says Anthony Davis. He said, you know, Anthony reminds me the most of myself. You know, I didn't go out and, and shoot the threes like AD does, but as far as everything else, he reminds me of me. The most. I thought that was pretty cool seeing that from the captain himself talking about the brow. Yeah, I saw that too. You know, that's, you know, Laker legend, like a legend. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know how I feel about Corey and the, and, and, and the debate of MJ and LeBron. And I'm like, Kareem is a dude that exists. And if you look at, if you just look at Kareem's basketball resume, from high school to the NBA, it's without equal. He's got more MVPs. He's got as many titles. Like, Kareem is that dude. I, I rewatched uh, last week the Lakers-Celtics uh, documentary, the ESPN 30 for 30, you know, and then I think it was the 85 finals. Oh, Kareem is old. Kareem's old. He came back and gave a 40-20 piece to the Celtics at age 41. <laughs> so, you know <laughs> – Kareem was that dude. Like, everybody thinks Kareem, the finesse guy who, No, Kareem would put his shoulder in your chest, and he would dunk on you. That's what Kareem would do. So, Kareem needs to be in that discussion. I know the big guys don't get a lot of love because they're not high-flying. They're not all this, the other. But look at Kareem's numbers, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe I was incorrect about that. So, yeah, but to see him give – AD a shout out that that's that's fantastic, you know. With the NBA still kind of being in flux, I, I felt uh, you know the Lakers are poised. They they had two big uh, wins uh, against the Bucks and the Clippers, and and I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show. I was excited for the playoffs. I thought the Lakers could bring home you know title number seventeen, uh, but. Like with everything else, it's on hold. The Olympics have been postponed. You know, I, I think it's Finally. time. Yeah, and I, but I think it's time we talk about. I don't think the football season's gonna get a, a start. Like I think it's time we talk about that. Not so mm-hmm. you know whether or not the the virus has been quote unquote conquered by then, but athletes, and this is something that they're gonna have to think about the longer this drags out. Athletes can't go to the gym. They can't, you know, they're not working out. And, you know, let's say that the NBA doesn't pick up until June. 
we're going to see the equivalent of preseason basketball for a while until those guys get into basketball shape. You know, uh, baseball, when it resumes, you know, so much of what baseball is about is, you know, there's spring training, you get your numbers, or you get your kind of body ready, like especially your pitchers, they're so regimented on the schedule. Like I don't know what we're going to see when when this resumes, simply because guys have been hanging out for for so long. So uh, I think it's it's to the point, especially because spring football is out for college. We're gonna the NFL has finally gotten on board of yeah, we're not gonna do the draft in person. Like all this stuff is changing, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to see a ripple effect where we might see just a weird sports season. When things do resume, it's going to get weird. And that, that to me, when it comes to sports, and that's a secondary thing. Obviously, we need to get everybody well and all that. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. But I tell you, uh, we're going to see a ripple effect for a while. Uh, you you have your training calendar all set up for the Olympics, uh, and now that's been postponed. So we're going to see some we're going to see some ripple effects. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think our next guest is on the line as well. Looks like I see the number popping up. So tell us who we got. Fixing to join us next. We have. We have Miss Kate, and I had to ask how to uh, pronounce her name because I am. T- if it's more complicated than Brown, I am at a loss. <laughs> it's it's Katie Dwarzinski on the line. She she writes for Garnet and Black Attack on SB Nation, covering our SEC rival uh, Gamecocks. And Katie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you so much for joining us. There's not a lot of stuff going on. My my main intention was to have you on to talk uh, Gamecock and Wildcat baseball when that game was to, when that series was to take place. But we figured we'd have you on now since there's not a whole lot going on. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Just kind of hanging out at home. How about you? About as good. Okay, I'm stuck with at, at, at my mom, so that's been adventurous to say the least. <laughs> I've been answering for a lot of stuff from when I was 16 and things of that nature, and, you know, it's been kind of an ebb and flow back and forth. <laughs> so I know you write for Garnet and, and Black Attack. Is it just for South Carolina baseball, or do you do a little bit of everything? Um, primarily I do baseball. In the fall, we usually do roundtables where everyone weighs in with predictions on each football game, so I participate in that. And then I live-tweet our football games and our baseball games. I know we've had some interactions during the South Carolina-Kentucky uh, football game that uh, the bad guys won this year. But uh, <laughs> I said at the top of the show we were going to have you on, but South Carolina is on – a little bit of a run here the last few years. The baseball team has a couple of World Series championships. The, the women's basketball team has been pretty good. Uh, the men's basketball team went to a Final Four a couple of years ago. So uh, right now in Gamecock country, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good place to be, right? Um, 
Yeah, I think for the more rational fans, maybe, I think the whole way that uh, with football, the way Steve Spurrier kind of left and the transition there and then not doing so well uh, or comparatively so well the last few years definitely has soured some people on that. Um, And baseball a little bit, too, has gone through a transition um, after the World Series is when Ray Kanner took over as the athletic director. Some things kind of changed. Baseball struggled a little bit and now was maybe going to be on a better track, but now we'll have to wait until next year to see if that gets better. Yeah, and and Dawn Staley's have kind of become the – for women's coaches around the SEC, now that, you know, Pat Summit is, you know, retired and, you know, God rest her soul. But now Dawn Staley's kind of become that elder states woman, I want to be – Correct here, and, and and got South Carolina's program pretty pretty darn good too. Yes, we are really thankful to have her. I think both for her on the court contributions, and then she does a lot in the community too. Even now, with like making sure to give back when people are in need, she's really really great about the community service aspect of it. Um, which I think for a coach with a program that has really attained a lot of prominence recently is really great to see that she's. Seems to be a really great person on the court in her coaching career, but also off the court as well, and does a lot for the community. Now, you went to the University of South Carolina, correct? And I won't, I won't ask for the dates, but I'm, but you, you went there, right? <laughs> yes, I did go there. Yeah, uh, you know, Vinny and I went through uh, went to UK about the same time, and my daughters actually asked me one time if I helped to integrate the University of Kentucky. So. You know, when you have kids, they will they will put you <laughs> they'll put you in the play. Yeah, yeah, Danny, did you march with Dr. King? No, I, I did not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, kids, kids will humble you, absolutely. So, like, for sure. I, I, I asked, I forgot my question. This this is what happens when I'm not I'm not a, a really good interviewer here, Benny. I forgot my uh, I question. Haven't. I had a quick one, Katie. I definitely appreciate you having this sure. one. What type of start had South Carolina gotten off to this season uh, in baseball? I know it was early and, you know, didn't even really get to conference play. Uh, it's, you know, Kentucky softball was doing great. Baseball was yeah, looking like maybe another bumpy kind of season. What were the Gamecocks doing with the few games they got to play before the season was canceled? It was kind of a mixed bag also. There were some games where they did a really great job, and then there were some games where it looked like this could be another tough season. Um, They started off well. They were undefeated for a while, uh, but then they lost several series at home, including against Northwestern, where I also went to school. So that was a pretty tense series for me because I was happy and sad at the same time. Um, But they were looking like if they really could put it all together, I was hopeful that they were going to get on the right track. Um, They had a few guys back from injury and some junior college transfers and some newer guys that maybe were giving them a little bit of a boost. Um, But they did also have nights where they really didn't score a lot of runs and didn't really do a whole lot or got a lot of guys on base but weren't able to actually be productive. So it was hard to tell what their identity was going to be, but there was, I think, some optimism that maybe they were going to put it all together this year and at least make it back to the postseason in some degree, even if it didn't get all the way to Omaha. Very interesting. 
I actually work in Evanston, so I am pretty close to campus still. And for my dad's birthday every year, I take him to a Northwestern football game because even though he went to Illinois, he got tired of watching them be really bad. So he adopted Northwestern as his team. And then this year, Illinois ended up being better than Northwestern. But he has declared himself a Wildcat of Northwestern fan. So he has transferred allegiances. And my mom actually went to both Illinois and Northwestern. So we have a lot of crossover in our family. Well, wow. I know you're, you're up there in Illinois, in uh, in that area. Now, are you a Chicago Cubs fan? Yes, I live like a block and a half from Wrigley, actually. Man, well, well, there you go. Vinny. Katie, Vinny is a wow. Is it a, the, the Atlanta Braves? Vinny, is that right? The Atlanta Braves. Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes. The Braves, that's who it is. Right, right, right. And, and me personally, I, I'm a I'm a newly minted Cubs fan. Uh, I, I was an Expos I was an Expos fan and was a bat, uh, baseball orphan for a long time. So I've been uh, accepted into Cubs fandom. Went to Wrigley for the first time a couple of years ago. Now, kind of switching to the Major League Baseball. How do you think this season, if there's a season at all, how do you see that playing out? I was just talking before you came on about. These guys are so regimented with the schedule. How does this interruption kind of affect what they're going to do, even if there is a season? Yeah, I think it's going to be a real weird adjustment for the fans and for the teams. Um, I can't imagine, like, getting all ready through spring training and then being told, actually, we're not going to play still for a while. I think that's got to just mess with you physically and mentally, emotionally. Um, and just, like, being so ready with the adrenaline to go. I assume uh, if we have a season, the guys are going to have to still warm up again, essentially, to get out there. So I think it's going to just really change the dynamics of what everything looks like, and I think fan expectations, too. You know, if you don't start playing till June, you have an expectation of how your team is going to be doing in June, but they're going to essentially be playing April baseball in June. So I think that's going to just kind of yeah. change maybe some expectations and how teams are graded based on not getting a full season of play and being kind of behind from the beginning. You know, a lot of weirdness, like you said, TV. It's just going to take some getting used to all the way around, no matter what the sport is or no matter when it finally restarts. It's just going to be so very different. I had a quick question flashing back to South Carolina. It's probably football, but maybe across the board. In Kentucky, you know, Kentucky and Louisville is, is a huge robbery in state. Um, in SEC football, though, I, I would still say maybe a, a Tennessee or a Florida or Georgia might resonate higher than the Louisville game. It just depends, especially with Kentucky getting better. As far as South Carolina concern, is concerned, is, it, is Clemson the number one most hated rival across the board, or do SEC football rivalries with Georgia and Florida trump or maybe exceed the hatred for Clemson? How does, how does that work in the Palmetto State? Uh, I would say I think Clemson is, like, the utmost hated rival, particularly because they've been really good recently and South Carolina hasn't, so mm-hmm. it just kind of rubs it in more. And a lot of people yeah. grew up in Columbia or grew up 
near Clemson and then go to the other schools. There's just a lot of, like, from birth, essentially, people have this kind of rivalry. Um, I didn't even really know Clemson existed until I went to school at South Carolina, and pretty much the first week I was on campus, I wore an orange Illinois shirt and learned that you don't wear orange clothes there. Um, And so I embraced the Clemson rivalry very quickly. Um, Even, like, my mom, who is a very, like, does not get mad about sports too much. She is constant as on. She'll be like, I hate this team. I hate them so much. I hope they don't win. So for us particularly, and I think overall, the Clemson rivalry is the top one. Um, but the Georgia-Florida rivalries are big too because they generally are better uh, teams than we have. And when Spurrier was there, there was a, another element to the Florida rivalry, obviously, with him having been a Gator player and coach. So I think the Florida rivalry was really strong during his tenure um, just because there was so much background there. And, and let me just say, Vinny, that Katie is a great follow for a lot of reasons, but the, the shade at Dabo Sweeney during football season Ooh. is fantastic. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, we kind of shade other coaches. Like, like Katie throws some great shade at Dabo, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm not a big Dabo fan myself because uh, he's a good team player and a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of his kind of all shucks. You know, good old boy. So, like, you can't be a, a down-to-earth good old boy if you're making $9 million a year, I think. But that's, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, yeah, she's a great follower for that. Now, now Katie, you, you surely don't have any hate for a little old Clemson now. Surely not. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. I have to follow you. I have to jump on board to get all this wit and and everything that you bring all the time. I, I got to follow you now, Kate. <laughs> no, she's, she's a great follow, and I can't let you come on without talking about the Hallmark Channel movie. Like, this is her Super Bowl. When when the Hallmark Christmas movie starts, Vinny, that, that's when it gets good. And, and I can't urge our folks to, to follow her enough just for the whole now it's whole snark, is that right? Am I am I saying that right? Yes. Hall Hall Snark <laughs> talking about the those kind of cheesy old top uh movies. Also a great follow. Now before we forget, Katie, kinda of let our folks know where they can find you on the uh Twitter dot com. Yeah, I will spell it. It's a lot of letters. It's at K-D-Z-W-I-E-R-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. Okay, so we're going to send people there, I think. And we've already retweeted that out. We definitely want to make sure we get you some follows there. Um, I should write questions down, Vinny. This, this quarantine has got me all over the place. Hey. <laughs> I have to write, I write mine down, but I sure do. <laughs> I know, because I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. Either, that's what I either, <laughs> I either write them down or, or text them to myself every week so I have them handy. <laughs> 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 I, ain't gonna, I ain't got nothing to lie. I ain't got nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> but, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you kind of shedding some light on uh, what's going on there in the Palmetto State. Uh, now, i got to say one last thing before I let you go. 
I used to religiously tweet that South Carolina was USC junior versus, you know, the USC out west. But because uh, our paths have crossed, I have started to say South Carolina. I don't say USC junior uh, anymore. So I just want to share that with you. We call this old dog the new trick. Mm. Well, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) More impactful than you know, Katie. (laughs) <laughs> South Carolina's got a lot more going for it than, than the USC, so yeah, the, the South Carolina is the original USC, so I'm going to go with that. But uh, thank you so much for hopping on and talking to us for a little bit. We really appreciate it, Katie. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. And a fun fact, South Carolina, the college existed before the state of California existed, so we historically are, in fact, the first USC. I will lead you guys with that. There you go. Oh, okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I, dropping the I, mic. Bring the facts. <laughs> I'm dropping the mic on the way out. Katie, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Enjoy your your at home quarantine with your with your beautiful dog. Thanks. You guys have a great night. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Bye. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that was awesome. I gotta, I gotta follow Katie, bringing it. Uh, snarky Hallmark movies, South Carolina, Northwestern, SEC, Big Ten. She's doing a lot of big things. Yeah, she's all over, all over the place. Great follow. Really, really enjoy that our paths have, have crossed, and and I, I had to bring up, you know, I, I knew she was in close proximity to to Wrigley Field where the. Uh, Chicago Cubs played so definitely uh, thank her so much for coming on and, and talking Gamecocks like I said I had it lined up for when the Cats and the Gamecocks played but you know here we are <laughs> that, that's not uh-huh. going to happen but it, you know uh, hopefully if there's a football season uh, we can we can get her on for, for football uh, as well yeah for sure for sure um, <clears throat> just saw where John Wong tweeted out that Treasure Hunt is, let's see, and find it to get it exact. Uh, she's coming to Kentucky. She is the Max Preps Tennessee Player of the Year. And, of course, we already know what Ryan Howard has done in her two years at Kentucky. And then you get to team them both together next year when ever next year is uh, Treasure Hunt and Ryan Howard, two big-time players from down here in Tennessee that are Kentucky Blue or Kentucky women's basketball players for Matthew Mitchell, uh, getting a little pipeline going down here, not just the players, but big-time players. So that's something else to be excited about. We're not huge recruiting guys, but you know, we've been hearing about Treasure Hunt for a little minute now. Uh, and she's the player of the year down here in Tennessee and taking her talent to Lexington to team up with Ron Howard next year. So congratulations to Treasure. Yeah. Look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Matthew Mitchell is building something in Lexington. When you've got mm-hmm. an All-American player and Ryan Howard, SEC player of the year, and you're adding – a, a, another prep All-American. Let me tell you, yes. 
next year, however it shakes out, is going to be special. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely going to be special. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, now, I know you wanted to talk. There's some wheeling and dealings going on in the NFL that, that some of them are yeah. some head scratchers. Yeah, and and real quick too, we had a we had a tweet from the legend, uh, friend of the show. He's been on with us, Kentucky historian extraordinaire Oscar Combs weighed in on our Saturday Down South bracket, and he kept it short and sweet. But he replied to the show account, "It's a fraud if it doesn't have Kenny Skywalker on it." And as they say in, uh, what was it, Blazing Saddles, who can argue with that? When Gabby Johnson got on there and went, you, you know, we, we did point out, you know, we said Kenny, <laughs> we, rawr, we said Kenny, and, and there's a slew of cats that could be on this list, uh, Kenny for sure, but uh, Oscar Wade in, so appreciate that, and you can't argue with anything he said. Uh, there's a whole truckload of Kentucky players. You even mentioned that this could be a Kentucky versus the rest of the SEC type of bracket, which may have been even uh, a better idea. But just had to acknowledge Oscar weighing in and replying. You mentioned the NFL for agency. That's kind of the only thing that's been going on since uh, quarantining and, and, you know, shelter at home and shelter in place and quarantine and all that taking place. And it's Look, we don't even have a dog in this fight, TB. This happened last week, but it's still pertinent enough to get to this week. Bill O'Brien, coaching the Houston Texans, was at Penn State for a minute, is on that Bill Belichick tree, but he's not only the coach, he's the GM, and he's not doing too hot at either. If they, you're only as good as your last game, he was yeah, – he, yeah, you're only good as your last game. Well, the last game that they played, they were up 24 nothing on the eventual champion Kansas City Chiefs and got beat 51 to 30 or something like that. Got ran off the field. So that's your last game as a coach. Now as a GM, you, know, you got some pieces. You got Deshaun Watson. We saw him at Clemson win a title. DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt. You know, you got some players, you got some stuff to build around. You go and take DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care what kind of beast you got. I don't care if y'all can't get along. This dude is going to be a Hall of Famer. His first seven years, look at his numbers. This dude can ball. You trade him to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson, who who had a good season three or four years ago, if you're a fantasy football player, hadn't done much since, been injured, hadn't really heard of him. David Johnson in like a fourth round pick or something like that. Just you gave DeAndre Hopkins away. It makes absolutely no sense. If I'm Deshaun Watson, who I don't have a great offensive line anyway, I'm young, but I'm taking a beating, you know, getting sacked and beat down and running for my life. I come to the facility and, and you're going to trade away my number one option. For David Johnson and a, a, not a fourth round pick, I'm I'm pissed. How how what are you doing? 
you put that beef aside and you 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 put another receiver on the other side of Hopkins. You put a line in front of Watson. You quit wasting his prime. You know, you try to get something going and hopefully JJ Watt can stay healthy before his prime is over and, and actually do something. This dude is and his his job is safer than anybody's. Ain't nobody even thinking about firing him as far as Houston's ownership. I mean, Texas fans are, are, are had had enough. But this dude is just as safe as he can be in both jobs. So here's why GM and coach I don't think should be the same person. Because a lot of the moves GM Bill O'Brien makes is because Coach O'Brien doesn't like the guy. And I, I think you have to be able to separate those two roles. And what ends up happening is you give away uh, a great, great receiver for some magic beans. And the Houston, the Houston, the Texans always just seem to be destined to win the wild card and be that first game on wild card Saturday. Like they, you know, they used to play the Bengals every year in that game. And, and that, so, and far be it for me to say, shame on you for not holding a lead on, uh, on the Chiefs, you know, with my non the Super Bowl. I get that. But, man, the, the Texans, you've got Deshaun Watson. And, and look, if, if, if you're an NFL team, a franchise, and you've got a, a, not just a competent quarterback, but a good quarterback or a great one, an all-pro, you just you build around that guy. You say, "Let's go!" Right? Like what you're like what the the Cowboys are doing. Like, okay, we're all in on Dak. Dak's getting ready to get paid, but we're all in on Dak. Let's just go. And people can complain about bringing in Amari Cooper and all this kind of stuff. But your boy Jay Jones is trying to win ball games. Like whatever you can say about Dallas over the last you know ten to fifteen years. As an opposing fan, I've never thought that Jerry Jones is not trying to win. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, trying yeah, yeah, he's trying hard to win. That guy. Yeah. Trying hard to build right in them, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and so yeah. that's a head-scratcher, uh, you know, you know, Tom Brady going to, to Tampa Bay. We'll see uh, on the on the poll that you put out last week. I don't think either one of them win a championship. Uh, mm-hmm. But one thing I hadn't thought about, uh, I listened to Bomani Jones religiously. He pointed out that we have not seen a star player and a coach go for as long as Belichick and Brady did. I mean, 20 yeah. years is a long time. 20 years with the same dynamic. Like, you know, you, you look, Bill Walsh left San Francisco, uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, with Troy Aikman. Like, we have not seen this. Even, you know, uh, different sports. Phil Jackson only had a short window with Jordan. 
a short window with Kobe, it wasn't 20 straight years. So that's pretty unique. I, I, I don't think Tom Brady, he's, he's, he's our age. He's two days older than me. I, I, I just don't think he can get it done in Tampa. I think he might have, because he's got the tools around him, I think they can get a playoff team. But playoffs, if they've got to go on the road somewhere, I think he's just going to get beat up like Favre did that one year uh, when he had the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. He might have some magical moments like Montana in uh, Kansas City. Uh, you know, your boy Emmitt Smith, you know, had a couple of a couple of pretty good solid games in uh, Arizona. But rarely do we see these kinds of things uh, pay off, except for Jerry Rice. You know, the Forty ers said he was too old, and he was still all. He went to Oakland. He was all pro. Went to a Super Bowl, so except for Jerry Rice, you kind of see where these things really, really work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you had to know I was going to slide that in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's you know you can't argue with that. And next week, I'm going to have to talk a little bit about your 49. Didn't get it in this week, but look, there's no game to talk about. It will hold over till next week. It's a little. Stuff about Bill Walsh that I saw, I forget, I think I was watching NFL Network. So uh, I'll put that down and text that to myself for next week. Um, And let's see real quick. Um, Oh, last night, Scott Van Pelt, during his senior night, gave some love to LMU, which is in Harrogate, Tennessee, which is right across the mountain from Middlesbrough, Kentucky. Uh, we would drive past it all the time. And actually now they built a tunnel underneath the mountain. So when you uh, – it's a lot easier to go from Kentucky to Tennessee. It used to be a windy, dangerous mountain road. Now you just shoot through the tunnel. You come out in Tennessee. And as soon as you get out of the tunnel, you're in Harrogate. Boom, LMU's campus is right there on the right. And there's some dorms and stuff out there on the left. You can see some of their facilities. The university has really grown a lot here in the past, you know, 15 or 20 years. They were on senior night because their basketball team, the men's basketball team, had the longest winning streak in the nation. They won 32 games in a row. I think they were 32-1 and one when their play got stopped. So they made SportsCenter um, last night for uh, SVP, kind of giving love to senior classes across the country who weren't able to finish their careers in a traditional fashion. So uh, cool to see the rail splitters, because, you know, that's a hop and a jump from where I grew up. Uh, It's about an hour from where I was born and raised, and I can be there now from here in Tennessee in about about 45 minutes. So LMU's always been there. You always know about the rail splitters. It was cool to see them on the sports center. And my last one thing, did you see the legend to legend with that Steve Moss and those guys at WKYT put together with Cal and Joe B? The, yeah. the interview that aired. How Joe, awesome Joe was B. that? Very awesome. The the most under well, I, I hate see, this is what happens when I'm sitting around watching a lot of ESPN. I start talking like Stephen A. Smith. Let me tell you something. It is ridiculous that Joe B. Hall does not get more love. But it's true. Like, just, you look at his resume, 
you know, kind of in a vacuum, and you look at all the things he did, and he's probably a top 25 coach of all time, okay? I got, you know, I'm not going to put him in the top 10. I got you. But top 25, I think that's a fair assessment for what he was able to do at Kentucky. But to do it, following up a legend, the list of, of men and women that have tried to follow up legends, not just, okay, you followed up a really good coach. I'm talking about you're following up the coach whose name is on the building, right? Like, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> that is the list of people able to do that is very, very short. And I know that at the time you talk to older Kentucky fans and Joe B was not as beloved then as he is yeah. now because yeah. I think most people can take a step back and say, man, he was put in a possible position. An assistant coach mm-hmm. to get promoted up to, uh, uh, to, to, to follow up like a legend. Like his name is on the building. Like that yeah. is insane. And for him to do that with no head coaching experience, just being an assistant, and being able to slide mm-hmm. and navigate and really, honestly, if we're being honest, not have the program miss a step. And I know, they're, you know, reaching the Final Four games, he should have won the 75 championship game and so on and so forth, yeah. and winning it in 78, you know, yeah. the team without joy and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. Joby Hall, and I think that's part of why he is so welcome now, is like, hey, even the old-timers he was in a tough spot. Like, can you imagine yeah. following up Adolph Rupp? That is whoever follows up uh, Coach K at Duke. Like, I don't envy that person at all. Like, I'm not going to cheer for him, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to. I'm not going to yeah. be like, man, that that that's not a job I would want because it's just built in. Unless you have a situation like North Carolina, where everybody assumed that Bill Guthridge, when Dean Smith stepped down, like he was just like he was just. And even then, yeah. he still went to the Final Four uh, with the Brendan yeah. Hayward team. But then, you know, Matt Dodery comes in and, and the flames kind of fall apart. So, mm-hmm. uh, and this isn't, and I'm not saying this is even like Tubby following Rick Pitino, which had its own struggles. I'm talking about, like, you're following the dude. Like, yeah. every Blue Blood program has the guy, and you have to follow up the guy and still carve out your own niche, I think it's pretty good. Because I think it was Bartow, Gene Bartow, that followed up uh, John Wooden, and, like, he made it two seasons. Like, this is, yeah. like, mm-hmm. this is this is ridiculous. And, and if you uh, – I saw an anecdote. I don't know how true it is that John Wooden got missed at a fan. Uh, basically, they had – they were getting ready to play the championship, and the fan had said something like, like, you owe us after not winning the past year. And he was like, all right, I'm out. I don't know how true that story is, but that sounds pretty that's pretty tough. But anyway, Joe B. Hall, he's beloved. He, he deserves everything he's getting now. And that's one thing I like about Coach Cal, reaching out and, 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 and bridging the gap between what's going on right now to all those players and coaches that came before, you know, Cal understands that, that that everybody that came before made the program what it is. Like, Cal has never been under the impression that he put Kentucky basketball on the map. 
Like, that's never been his yeah. thing. Like, did he revitalize the program? Absolutely. And, and, and real quick, segueing back to Rick, I always got the vibe of he kind of thought he put Kentucky on the map. Mm-hmm. And that that's just a vibe from me that I got. And talking to some other Louisville fans kind of got that vibe from him here in Louisville. Like, okay, I like, look, man, you've done a great job. You, you did great in Louisville. You did great in Lexington. But these programs had history before you even stepped foot on campus. You know, Kentucky was Kentucky before Patino ever came here, right? Louisville was already Louisville. Louisville had who I thought was is one of the most underrated coaches, and Denny Crum, check out his resume, two, mm-hmm. final, uh, two championships, six Final Fours. That's pretty darn good. You know, yeah. uh, and for as great as a run as he had, but he was doing that before Patino was even here. So, you know, uh, yeah. So I, I know I said a lot of words. Yes, I saw the documentary with uh, with Joe B. Hall and Coach Cal talking shop. It's great. It's what makes Kentucky special, and I think the best coaches get it. Like, Cal gets it. I think Tubby, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details of his tenure, but I think he got it. He, he made those connections to the program as a whole. So, Joe B., he deserves all the roses he's getting right now. And at the end, when he said, Joe B., he said, I all I ever wanted to be was close to the program I never wanted to interfere. Man, I, I about choked up when he was he was just so – because you knew he meant every word of it, and he was just so thankful to be close to the program and not interfere. That's, that's all I ever wanted. Oh, my God. <laughs> we say it in the South all the time, but bless his heart when he's sitting there telling Cal that. You know, you had your funny moments when he said, hey, check, this, check the fact book because my schedule – my schedule was loaded. You had that kind of back and forth. But when you boiled it all down, all I ever want to be was close to the program. That's, that hit me the hardest there at the end. Uh, but like you said, he deserves everything he's gotten. And, and Steve Moss and those guys did a super job uh, in bringing that to everybody. And, you know, Big Blue Nation ate it up. And speaking of, we'll be eating up again on Friday, because they'll rebroadcast on the radio the 78 championship game, Kentucky and Duke, Goose goes for 41. At the same time, you got Rick Chapman's E60 coming out, which will probably re-air again, but you can listen to the, the rebroadcast of the 78 game. Rex's E60 will have all the highs and the lows that Rex has been through, and, and Rex ain't hiding nothing. And that will be uh, a good watch as well. So a lot of good stuff coming up Friday night in lieu of there being no games to watch. Yeah, and someone uh, sent me, and I don't need—I don't know if this is accurate, but CBS Sports Network apparently is showing Kentucky Elite Eight games uh, on Saturday starting wow. at noon. I need to double check this, but they're showing 92. Okay, whatever. Uh, 98, mm. 14. 15 and 17. So, you know, 92, blah, uh, 17, blah, but the other ones are, are, are 
are, are pretty are, are pretty good. Uh, did you real quick? Did you watch the uh, CBS replay the the uh, Christian Leitner game? Did you watch that? I, not this past Saturday. I, I didn't. I, I, I saw a lot of the mass burn commentary going around on Twitter, and they're playing it again this Saturday. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get it. You know, you know. Here's my. Th- I will watch a game that we lost. I watched the '97 title game uh, with Miles Simon going because, you know, I, I think a lot of times we kind of we think we know how the game went, but when you watch mm. it, you're like, okay, it really didn't go that way. Uh, the one game I'd like to watch, to be honest with you, is 2015 Wisconsin. I'd like to rewatch that game and just kind of, you know. See, kind of what happened. I like. I know it wasn't just the Harrisons were the reason we lost that game, and the narrative mm-hmm. that Booker and Eula should have played more, I, I think, is is incorrect. But I like to rewatch that one. I don't mind watching games that we lost. Now, I will say I don't do it all at once because I watch these games, even though I know we won, and you can still do pulse racing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I watched the 98 Duke, the 98 uh, Final Four game uh, against Stanford, which still is my favorite game no one talks about. Finally, my man uh, 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 Cameron Mills actually said something about that game. Like, that was a great game. We need to talk about that game more. Uh, I watched all those 98 games. I'm like, in my head, I know, you know, Kentucky wins this, man. But as I'm watching, I'm like, all right, man. You know, I'm like, that wasn't really a foul ref. I'm like, you know, that's the other Kentucky fans kind of saying the same thing. Like, even though you know, hey, we win this game, ah, this is a, I still, you, you're still fighting the, the, you know, not to stay into the moment. Absolutely. And um, lots of fun stuff to watch. Uh, and, and two for the 78 game, obviously that will be Kay with Lefford on the call from that one. Uh, just got a message from uh, Katina Payne. She's the CEO of the Cable Leffer Boys and Girls Club of Harlan County. So, uh, going to maybe do a little something for them since they're uh, going through a lot with this corona thing as well. So, uh, uh, Cable will be on the call. So, it'll be fun to hear him again, especially for those who grew up with him. And if, if you didn't, uh, you'll kind of get to see what all of the reference was about. Uh, the original voice of the cast for a lot of people, a lot of radios were turned up and TV turned down when Cable was on the mic. So I'm looking forward to hearing him do the 78 game uh, and maybe do a little something for the Cable and for Boys and Girls Club there and Harley County. So a uh, fun show. Went a little bit long, but we got a lot in. Uh, making the best of a bad situation, as Gladys Knight says. That's what everybody nationwide is doing right now. Uh, as they're hunkered down, trying to make it through this. So uh, have another good week with you, Mo V, and the girls. Hope everybody continues to do well. We'll be doing this again next Wednesday, and we're thinking, what will we talk about? But between now and then, we'll still have a lot of random stuff like this and reminiscing on some sports stuff and hopefully some more good guests like we had tonight as well, thanks to Katie's. Was Brzezinski? Brzezinski, yes. I had, I had to get, I had to get her phonetically to say that for me. I was like, 
because I'm going to screw it up. Because anything more common than or anything more complicated than brown, I'm going to screw up. But yeah, thank you to Katie and to Jack for coming on and shooting well, the breeze with us. Thank you for everybody listening. Yeah. Thank you to you, Vinny, main man on the ones and twos, and thank everybody for listening. We're going to do it next week, right? That's it. And and I might have to talk a little bit of recruiting. There's there's some hardies that UK is interested in. There's never been any on the roster. Maybe there might be some, but we'll. I'm, I'm like you. We'll see if they get here. But it's just cool that some hardies is being targeted. We've had one Brown, no hardies. Two is being targeted, so I'm, I'm, that's cool too as well. So uh, long way to go between now and them committing, but it's cool that that's even being a discussion. Well, I, I still need a, I need another Brown on the basketball squad. I am chomping at the bit for that. So everybody, stay safe. Yeah. And we'll 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 do it again. Absolutely. Appreciate everybody listening. In another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday, Vinny Hart, Jay Brown, Hardy Radio Network, BlogTalkRadio.com. Appreciate Smoky Mountain Traders and Terra.com. That's Terra Hardy Moore for bringing the show. Y'all have a safe week. See you next week.